0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 153, How to Actually Hear Your Spouse. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. When my husband Ryan and I first got married, I had no idea how difficult it would be to just talk to each other sometimes. When we were dating, I could pour my heart out to him with ease, but almost 15 years of marriage later, at the end of long days with working kids, a lot of times we are just tired. Sometimes during the day, I am literally counting down the minutes to when I can talk to Ryan about a decision I have to make or a struggle I'm facing, but by the time our kids are in bed and we have the chance to connect, it just feels too hard to verbalize everything that's on my mind or to give him all of the background on a decision I have to make for my business, and so I just don't try. Sometimes there's just so much resistance to even getting a dialogue started. That's why I've been so intrigued and amazed by a couple whose podcasts I started listening to several months ago, Glenn and Yvette Henry from the How Married Are You podcast. In their biweekly episodes, they talk so openly with each other about their hearts and their struggles, their conflicts with each other, and the ways that they're growing and changing as they raise their young family while building their amazing company, Belief in Fatherhood. I know you're going to love hearing their tips for how to actually hear and understand your partner. But before we jump into that conversation, I just want to remind you about this month's sponsor, Infancy, a nonprofit program of Optometry Cares, the AOA Foundation. This amazing organization provides comprehensive infant eye exams for babies ages 6 to 12 months absolutely free. This week on Instagram, I shared about the program and one mother commented and shared an amazing story and I asked her if I could share it here. She agreed and this is what she said. My nephew was eight months old when my sister heard about the infancy program and took him to the optometrist. It was discovered that he had a pediatric cataract, even though there was no noticeable side effects. He was able to have surgery and get it removed and is now a healthy, funny, intelligent, and very athletic fifth grader. If his cataract had been caught even one year later, he most likely would have been permanently blind in that eye. His vision was literally saved because of infancy. What an inspiring story, and it definitely speaks to the importance of taking action and making the call right now to get an appointment for your baby. Your baby's vision is too important to wait, so pause the podcast right now and go to infancy.org, or you can just click on the link in the show notes and enter your zip code to find a provider in your area and make the call right now before you forget. Then come right back and listen with us, okay? This episode is also sponsored by our family's favorite kids' podcast, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. This podcast is an expansion of the best selling books which tell hundreds of stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and the present. These stories explore the talents and results of incredible women across every possible field astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, tennis players, from Jane Goodall to Simone Biles. Research shows that only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition. And by the age of six, many girls already believe they are less smart than boys. This podcast aims to give little girls role models who are more than sparkly princesses. The topics from Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls inspire so many great conversations with both of my children, my son, and my daughter. And in fact, my son loves this podcast even more than my daughter. And I love that he's learning about inspiring women who have changed the world. To inspire the rebel girls and boys in your life, go and find Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. I hope you will love it as much as our family has. And now onto the show. I'm so excited to bring you this conversation with the vet and Glenn Henry. I was going to start off by reading their professional bio, but before I do that, I think you're going to enjoy it so much more if I let them introduce themselves with the incredibly creative and unique introduction that they do on their podcast every week. Here we go.
1: My name is Lee, this is Eva, and we've been married 10 years. Live in California got four, four kids. kids relationships are scary and it's very necessary that we share all of our struggles and we ask how, how married are, are you every tuesday and thursday shawty if you're listening you're in the wedding party sometimes deep sometimes lighthearted i don't know what else to say so it's time to get it started Look, it's, it's, three. Three
2: three <laughs> it's, it's three and thirty podcast time three
1: and thirty podcast time it's three and
2: thirty podcast time
1: okay here we are <laughs> hi rachel hi <laughs>
2: rachel <laughs>
0: hi that was amazing thank you so much for doing that of
2: course. yeah
0: i do want to give them a little bit more of your your professional bio but i knew that they had to hear that first mm-hmm. um, i wish you could have seen me smiling and dancing over here as i listened yvette and glenn are creative powerhouses glenn is the ceo and yvette is the coo of their corporation belief in fatherhood which is a multi-venture organization that ranges from media production to retail merchandise and ultimately aims to usher men into fatherhood. Additionally, they're the founders of the podcast, How Married Are You?, which you just heard a little excerpt of, where they discuss the challenges, pains, triumphs, and laughs within their marriage. Beyond all of these accomplishments, Glenn and Yvette have been married for 10 years and are parents of four who remain steadfast in their devotion to being stewards of God. So welcome, you guys, to the podcast. I can't wait to talk more with you.
1: Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, I just want to start out by saying I love your podcast. When I listen, I smile, I laugh, I nod my head in agreement (laughs) and like want to jump into the discussions with you. (laughs) You're so good at what you do. And even I feel like when you're sharing the hardest parts of your marriage, it feels connective. Like Mm. I can just tell that you truly want the best for each other and for yourselves. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for modeling through your podcast how to have those conversations and how important it is within a marriage.
1: Well, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely difficult for sure.
0: Yeah. And today we're going to go into some of the nuts and bolts of how do you do it? And is it just that you've had a lot of practice with it? Like what skills have you gained over the years. How long have you guys been doing your podcast? I
2: guess it's been like three. I was going to say it's almost three or three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So
0: yeah, you've had a lot of practice with having these conversations, good skills that we're going to break down today. Um, You also have a YouTube channel with videos of your daily life with your kids and how you interact with each other and with them. It's so inspiring. So today as kind of the basis for our discussion, um, I think Yvette said you're going to share kind of an overarching experience that you guys were struggling through and trying to figure out how to communicate through. And then three takeaways that you kind of gained from that to learn how to communicate more vulnerably with each other. So if you want to start off by just telling us a little bit about where you were at to give us context for the takeaways, that would be perfect.
2: Yeah. So um, when my, so we have four kids. Um, Our third child is Aniazai. She is our daughter. And she is currently three years old. And so after she was born, I quit my job and I was a teacher before. Mm-hmm. I quit my job and I was like, babe, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Um, You got to figure this out. And like, I'm just going to be home.
0: And before that, Glenn was home, right?
2: Yes. Prior to that, Glenn was the primary um, parent and he was home. He was home with our two oldest sons. Mm -hmm. um and then when I found out I was having a girl I was like I can't let you raise my daughter (laughs) like not that he was raising her by himself but it was kind of like yeah man like I want to be here for that yeah Mm -hmm. she
1: was experiencing FOMO yeah and because (laughs) I was a stay-at-home dad and I could make money from music at home Mm -hmm. it was easier for me to stay home yes Mm -hmm. so once she had had her daughter she was like well I'm not gonna miss this
0: Mm. (laughs) yes yeah
1: and I mean, we
2: could have a whole podcast about that decision in and of itself because there was no evidence that we were going to be okay financially Mm -hmm. if I quit my job. I just had faith in Glenn that...
1: Yeah, uncommunicated faith.
2: (laughs) That he was going to pull through on that. He already was having a platform that was growing or whatever, but in this essence, like it was like, okay, it's not enough just to have this platform, Like we actually need to... um, Maneuver in such a way that this actually starts to provide mm-hmm. for our household. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to do that. Like, there's a lot of things that happened within the last three years that made us get to this point that we're at right now. But in him doing that, he was starting to like just become overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the responsibility and all the different um things that come with this. I don't know.
1: Business. business. Well, it's like, you know, you, you think you're going to start a YouTube channel and then you end up owning a media company and yeah. you, your clients go from, Hey, I like your channel on YouTube, which is like a comment to, hi, we are Procter and Gamble and we want you to represent our product. product. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. clients change. And so the, 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 the position becomes totally different and it's a lot of weight and yes. uh, responsibility. And yes. I never knew how to run a business or what an EIN was, but I had to figure out real fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: And I relate so much because when I started my podcast, I was a stay-at-home mom who wanted an outlet, a creative Mm -hmm. outlet. I wanted to Mm -hmm. teach. I was also a former teacher, Yvette, and Mm. so I just missed teaching and I started this. And I'm so grateful that it grew so fast, but it was also, like you said, a weight of, I don't know how to do this. And it's all consuming. It's like work Mm -hmm. that doesn't end and getting sponsorships and growing your community and teaching workshops and it's all things I love I want to be doing this work Mm -hmm. but it's definitely really heavy at times
2: (laughs) yeah and that's exactly what I was seeing with Glenn like he loved he was like the joy was kind of leaving him of Mm -hmm. like creating the videos and all the things Glenn needed help Mm -hmm. but I'm over here like telling him you're not home like when you're here you're not really here you're thinking about your mind is somewhere else or um I'm still trying to figure out like this whole stay at home mom gig Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. homeschool how and homeschool like how can I help you when I can't even help myself type thing and so our first point that we wanted to make was don't postpone the truth your truth unspoken today is a lie tomorrow Mm -hmm. because the sooner we know how we can better serve each other the better it is for our marriage yeah. and so that was like one of the things that we had to come to terms with is like Glenn had to be able to say I need help and
1: and I it wasn't that I, I couldn't say it I said it a oh, lot yeah. I just didn't know <laughs> that the- I didn't know how to communicate it to her in a way that made her believe me because yeah. what happened was she was being fooled by the success, mm-hmm. saying, "You're doing fine, actually." You know what I mean? And I'm like, I-, I actually don't know what I'm doing, and I'm terrified, and I need help, and this is scary. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. and I would try to come up with these analogies, like, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in the ocean, and I'm drowned. I'm trying to get air, but the waves keep coming. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, "Okay," she was hearing me, but I, I had to keep saying it until it became something that she, um, was actually able to grasp onto. Mm -hmm.
0: So in what ways were you postponing the truth? Dive into that a little further. Why do you think you were postponing the truth?
2: I I wasn't. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think that Glenn was the one postponing the truth. I think I was. Mm -hmm. And for me, the thing is like, I was seeing Glenn's success. I was seeing all the things that the opportunities that he was getting and the things that he was able to do. And for me, like, it wasn't that I didn't want to help him. Like, I wanted him to tell me exactly how he needed my help. But I think underneath it all, for me, the truth doesn't matter was that I wanted my own thing. Like there are things that were bubbling in my heart and in my mind and in like creative outlets that I wanted to partake in that I wasn't really getting an opportunity to participate in. And so the truth that I needed to speak out loud, not, not only to him, but to myself is that what might be preventing me from helping him is that I wanted my own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that truth, like when we say don't postpone the truth, I think it's the truth that you need to communicate to yourself as well as your spouse. Mm-hmm. And for me, I needed to communicate that truth aloud <laughs> to myself. Yes. Yeah.
1: Because I think what happened was she finally admitted that there was like some jealousy mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, I'm scared that belief in fatherhood is going to replace me Mm. and that you will not be able to see me because you're going to be so consumed so before you leave me let me get my own thing so I have something to do Mm. you know what I mean I don't know but yeah
0: Mm. I think what strikes me about that is that um those fears sometimes are so unconscious I don't Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know but I doubt that you were thinking consciously, like yeah. before you leave me, let me get my own thing. Yeah. Sometimes it takes really diving deeper, deeper. What really is the fear that I have under here that is
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, manifesting in different types of emotion, like resentment or jealousy. Um, and once you, sometimes once you get all the way down there and you speak that fear, you you do realize it's irrational, but as long as it's hidden and buried, you can't even confront the fact that it's kind of irrational.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we say to like, sometimes people postpone the truth because of fear. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Glenn has been kind of, I, I don't want to say preaching, but that's the only word that's coming to my mind. The one of the things that Glenn has been preaching for a while is that on the other side of fear is freedom. Mm-hmm. And once the truth is out, like there's so much healing or there's so much other things that can take place that are meaningful for your marriage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And
2: so I think that, kind of takes us to the next point. Um, We realized that we were speaking the same language, but we were speaking
1: different dialects.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Glenn was using a ton of analogies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was speaking from, and so when you're, so basically when you speak different dialects, that means you come from a different region, Mm -hmm. ultimately from the same place. Mm. My region I was speaking from was my pain, you know, and she was speaking from, you know, her heart, the things that she loved. And I was speaking, speaking from my pain points. And mm-hmm. so the regions we were speaking from were just different. So I was trying to communicate with to her and I kept saying like, hey, I'm going to have to change and become a different person in order mm-hmm. to accomplish what is happening here. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be precise and ultimately I'm going to become a CEO and it's Like, I'm not going to debate whether or not I need to go to somebody's birthday party or not. It's just not an option for me, Mm -hmm. you know, because the business can't suffer because I'm supposed to be, you know, at Julia's thing. The business comes first at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And she would be looking at me like, "Okay, but are you still going to (laughs) go? And I'd be like, (laughs) excuse me. But what, what Yvette also was doing by not really knowing it, she was giving me her ideal lifestyle
2: mm-hmm.
1: and her dream lifestyle. And I charged it. So she would say, you know, I would really love for us to have a, a house cleaner and, and a, and a chef. And for me, I'm like, well, how, how do you think that's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that mean? Who's going to sacrifice for that? Either we're going to have to sacrifice time with us or I'm going to have to become this other person because, uh, I I want to execute this thing for you, but that is a huge cost for me. Mm -hmm. I think Yvette like didn't really understand like how I was, how personal I was taking her. um...
2: And that's been something that we have dealt with our entire marriage. I feel like early on, like within our first year of marriage, I would kind of just daydream out loud. Like I want to go to Europe or I want to Um, own an RV or you know like just different things that I would say and I didn't realize that Gwen was taking like mental notes Mm. and like I'm gonna make all these things happen for her Mm. like I didn't realize that was a thing and so at some point I realized that you know I got a daydream like in my head. (laughs) Like I can't be doing that out loud because he takes it so seriously and it's starting to put pressure on him that I don't intend to put on him. Mm -hmm. Like I literally don't expect to have a personal chef ever really. I mean, hopefully maybe. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: it would be amazing. I have to add my two cents there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I and for me I'm just like now I, I listen to her and then she'll go babe, she'll say something and say, I want this. And I'll be like, are you just talking? Or are you really telling me to yeah. do this? Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, well, I just want you to listen. And I'm like, if you really want me to do it, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. But if you're just talking, it's just going to kind of go one ear and out the other, mm-hmm. which is very hard for me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think we we speak from different places. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, that speaks about the things she loves, where she finds her purpose, and um the things she dreams to accomplish. And I'm trying to like, really keep the family not only afloat but like I really want us to be able to be free you yeah. know what I mean and not live every single day under the pressure of like we have to survive because that's how I grew up you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and you know this reminds me so much you guys shared a little bit about this on your podcast and that when I was hearing your conversation I was thinking of Um, I went to a marriage workshop with my husband that's based on the book, Seven Principles to Make Marriage Work by John Gottman. Mm. And he talks about how you need to become a dream detective for your spouse. Mm. And so basically, you're just listening, you listen to their dream, but then you you look at what's underneath that dream. Like maybe mm. they, don't, they don't actually want that thing, but what they're saying is that they're tired and overworked. And so that like what Yvette's mm. saying there is that she's tired. She feels a little overworked. And so- Yeah,
1: she just doesn't want to cook right now.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And also they talk about- um when you have issues with gridlock like the things that continually come up those issues mm. that underneath those there's usually a lot of history so glenn when you said there like because that's the way i grew up and i don't want that to be the reality for my family yep. i think once you once you recognize the history and why your spouse is saying what they're saying you have a lot more tenderness for them and grace mm. and allowance for what they're saying, because you realize this is coming from something that was hard in their past. It doesn't mean anything about me. I don't need to take it personally. I can just hear them out and, and know where it's coming from. Kind of, if that makes sense.
1: Definitely. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think that's what we've been learning in therapy is that Mm -hmm. we are speaking from like totally different places and, um, you know, we should really be searching to understand which kind of brings us to our third point.
2: (laughs) Good job, babe. Perfect. <laughs> um, so our third point is that more so than agreement, it's more about alignment, that we always should be seeking out alignment versus agreement. Mm. And that just basically means that we're not always going to agree.
1: yeah but
2: as long as we're both aligned and to the same like endpoint or goal, then we will be good. Mm. One thing that I always try to remind myself of is that we are on the same team. Um, and most people who are playing on the same team have the same goal and the goal is to win. Mm-hmm. And for Glenn and I, um, a lot of times I think sometimes I can take things personal, like it's a personal attack against me. I don't know where that comes from, but sometimes I just play the victim mm-hmm. and I'm not a victim. Like Glenn has always been for me and there's never been any evidence of anything otherwise. And so alignment
1: is always the goal over. Agreement. Yeah, sometimes, like, there'll just be something that happens, and then she'll go, "Did you take the last cookie? Because you knew I wanted it." And I'm like, "What? Like, no. I I just wanted, I just wanted to bite the cookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to defend myself. Like, (laughs) but I think what helps with alignment is perspective. Mm. And once you've been in someone else's shoes or can understand where someone comes from, then it helps. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things that I had the opportunity to do was. Be a stay-at-home dad, mm. which allowed me to be a better, yeah. like, working father. Because like now, when he that's home with the kids, like I I sense her frustration. You know mm. what I mean? And you get it. Um, <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? Like, there's never a question. It's not like, you know, I don't ask her what she did all day. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Never. Like, I don't I don't I don't judge her for not having food on the table. I because I know how difficult it can be. Um, because when I was home with you know both boys, like it felt like the, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, Yvette gets, you know, days off during the week. And, you know, that's a part of like me just understanding and being in her shoes for a little bit and just saying, I know this is no cakewalk and, um, you need that support and that break. And now when, as Yvette has made her mission, over to belief in fatherhood Mm -hmm. and look watch the emails that come in and how many different requests and things people were asking me and we are having like HR meetings and you know and and interviews and all all types of stuff so we're just Mm kind of overwhelmed but she just got to see and be like oh I get why you were thinking about work when you were at home yeah
2: the whole scope that I have has changed as I've taken as I've dove more into the business aspect of belief in fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And I literally feel an element of guilt for the things that I thought <laughs> towards Um And just even just for realizing like how much he really is carrying. And like, it's impossible. It's literally impossible for one person to be able to carry the entire load.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so for those who are listening, if, even if they can't work together, so what ended up happening was Yvette did join you and now she really sees from an insider's perspective, what you do and she can appreciate it. But for those listening who they're never maybe going to work together, how can they achieve the similar level of alignment or understanding for what the other person is carrying and doing in their job, in their daily life?
1: Man, I I just think that's where like kind of trust comes in. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, if I was able to walk throughout like my day and say, hey, I'm doing this, this, this and this, um, then I think it would be easier for you to trust me, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think if you honestly like trust your partner, then you would just know like, man, like I, there's just things that I understand that I don't understand. Yeah. Like I know that I do not get it, you know, and I, I have empathy for you and um, there's a ton of grace and whatever you need, I'm on your team you know
2: and the thing about that trust element is that for our relationship glenn has shown evidence of that like i believe him when he says it because i've seen him turn things down or mm. um make us make me a priority yeah. and so yeah. yeah and
0: i will say as as someone in our family that is my we're both entrepreneurs actually my My husband is a pediatric dentist, so he's building up his his office. But I'm an online entrepreneur, which I feel like is a totally different ball game in that like it's it is nonstop, and there's just, yeah, I don't get to go leave the office and come home. There's just all the opportunities that yeah. come in and you want to take them all. but i've I've had to get honest with myself and um acknowledge that when I say yes to all of those things i'm I am saying no to my family. And so, and and yeah. sometimes I need to, sometimes it's okay for me to say yes to an opportunity and to say to the family, we're doing this. We're all going to pitch in. It's going to be a really busy season. But other times, like just yesterday, I had an email from somebody that wanted me to do something and I felt badly about disappointing her. I didn't want to say no, but really in my gut, it was because I didn't want to disappoint her. But I thought about it and I'm like, but if I... Am I more willing to disappoint her or disappoint my kids and Ryan? Mm. You know, and, the, and, and so I said no, because it's kind of self-indulgent to continue saying yes and thinking, well, the people who love me the most, well, they'll still love me. They can deal. I need yeah. to live in more alignment with my values. And that's something that I've been working on to sort of try to lessen my load by saying no more often.
1: Amen. Yeah. And, and I've recently gotten a, an assistant who does that for me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so great. We get a lot of we get a lot of requests in, and I've said no like so much lately, and it's just been so mm-hmm. good, you know, for me. uh yes. I just decided, like, you know, I look at the calendar. The calendar is one is completely full. You know, we only have a couple open spots per week. You know, we have four children. um We have a mm-hmm. community of people who were were somewhat, you know, um called to, and then we have each other. Um, and like our own health, like it's so much stuff mm-hmm. that is happening in the season. This is one of the busiest seasons we've ever had, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a small plate guy. I, I don't do a lot of stuff well. Yeah. A little bit for me, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take a little bit, a very uh, one spoonful of everything, and I'm good. But um, a lot of the a lot of the people who want from you, they won't stop taking if you keep giving it. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think you really have to protect, you know, your life and protect your time protect your family by just saying no.
0: Absolutely. And I will say that even though I don't work I'll never work with my husband I'll, I don't think I'll ever be, you know, in his office day to day, but it helps me to appreciate how much he's carrying when I ask about his day and I and I honestly listen because sometimes I I will admit I can zone out when he starts talking about dentistry. <laughs> but when I when I actually listen and I hear especially cause he's more quiet than me. Some, sometimes I feel like I can dominate more and talk more, but when I ask him about his day and he starts telling me about the patients and the upset kid and how long it took to get the kid calm and the mom was mad and, and this and that I'm like, Holy cow, he is caring so much. And it yeah. just, it gives me so much more grace for him and so much more appreciation and love for what he does every day. And I think you guys do such a great job of modeling that of really Listening to each other and hearing each other out um on your on your podcast, and that it just builds unity of hearing about their day and believing and putting yourself in their shoes, even if you will never actually be in their shoes
2: yeah
1: I'm trying to tell you when when we first started the podcast, Yvette would just kind of like burp in the in the <laughs> microphone and just be like edit it out you know what I'm saying and I'd be so frustrated because I'm like I got to go back and find it and it's going to add to the editing time and <laughs> she just did not care so I was like hey listen you edit the podcast now I'm not doing it anymore you know what I'm saying and so mm. She is very particular about, you know, if I'm not close enough to the mic or if I make a sound, she's like taking notes to where like the the sound is cut out or whatever and going back and edit it. So it's really cool to see the other perspective, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. That's so good. I can say I, I cannot imagine Yvette burping into the microphone. So that's that's great.
1: Uh, I got to send you a clip. You're going to love it. It's so good. (laughs)
0: But I will say my fav one of my favorite things about your podcast, and I and we've gotten a sample of that today, is I love how easily you laugh, Yvette. Oh. Like my favorite people <laughs> are the people who laugh. And mm-hmm. you and even when you guys are in like a hard moment where you're talking about really tense stuff, mm-hmm. you still laugh. And it's yeah. so great. And we need that like joy and laughter in our marriages and not to get mm-hmm. so weighed down and everything that's
2: serious
1: yeah yeah for sure one thing we haven't done is like argue poorly mm. I think we we just talk and it's like I'm not judging you for how you feel you know what I mean like I'm not upset for you upset at you because you feel a certain way mm-hmm. I get it you know um and I'm here listening and that's about all I can give you right now yeah, but you're still funny
0: you're still cute <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah so it's, yeah. it's so delightful so well thank you so much for coming on to share these takeaways and i do want you to tell the listeners a little bit more about your work um where they can find more of you and just kind of what inspired belief in fatherhood
1: yeah um a belief is spelled b-e-l-e-a-f on youtube hmm. and uh belief mel on instagram mrs melanin on instagram and how married are you on, on instagram and basically what we want to do is like bring reconciliation to a lot of the difficult things, Mm. uh, in relationships and family. Um, I just feel like we don't have enough proof Mm. of, you know, family done well, you know, Mm. we, we, I don't know why we safeguard our problems and treat them like they are treasure, but when you expose yourself and allow people to see what you're going through, it allows them to know that they don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And so we share the honest perspective of, Marriage uh, mm-hmm. through how married are you and fatherhood through belief in fatherhood, and um I think there's a lot of freedom there, so yeah, uh we look forward to seeing you on our platform. we thank you so much for giving us this one yeah.
0: yeah, thank you, thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are, and we really appreciate you coming on three and thirty.
2: No problem,
1: Glad for to be having here. us thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Yvette and Glenn as much as I did. I didn't expect that to feel like a little bit of a therapy session for me, but it really did as I relate so much to their experience of building an online platform and serving a community of parents while also raising your own young family. Even if you or your partner are not doing work online, you're probably in a phase of life where you and or your spouse are building a career while building your family at the same time, and it can feel like a lot, even in the midst of all the joy. Author Madeline Langle once labeled this phase of life the tired 30s, and sometimes it can take a toll on our marriages. So if you've been feeling tired and your communication with your partner hasn't been top-notch because of that... I hope these three takeaways from Yvette and Glenn will help you to reprioritize actually hearing each other, even in the busiest stages of life. So here's a recap of their three takeaways. First, don't postpone the truth because on the other side of fear is freedom. I loved Yvette's point that sometimes the person we are afraid to tell the truth to is ourselves. When we can sense fear or resistance around a topic in our marriage, it may be a clue that we need to dig a little deeper there and acknowledge the messy emotions that are under there. Getting honest with ourselves and our spouse about what we're feeling leads to clarity and freedom. Second, remember that you and your spouse may be speaking different dialects of the same language. Even though you both want the same thing, a loving home, a fulfilling life... You come from different regions when you communicate with each other as you try to get to that same goal. You have different life experiences and histories, different personalities and communication styles. When you can recognize that you speak different dialects and seek to listen for the intent underneath the dialect, you'll be able to hear each other better, which I think leads really well into takeaway number three, which is, it's not about total agreement, it's about alignment. Sometimes to be aligned, we have to put ourselves in the other person's shoes by getting a peek into the stresses of their daily lives. We can do this by actually joining them in their daily life for a time, or just by listening wholeheartedly and believing them when they tell us about the stresses that they carry. When we come from a place of grace and trust for our partner, even when we don't always agree with them, we will be aligned. My challenge for you this week is to take one of these three takeaways and turn it into a small actionable goal. It might be to talk to your partner about something that you've been afraid to speak out loud. If you decide to do this, I suggest doing it when you are both well-rested and feeling connected. (laughs) It may be to simply ask them about their day and listen wholeheartedly as they answer. Do something small and simple to improve your communication with your partner this week. As always, my friends, I'm rooting for you. We can do this together, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.